Well, tonight on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we have an article that was written in the Chicago Sun-Times. And if you could look on the screen here, Black Chicago, let's check our attitudes on migrants. It was written by a Natalie Y. Moore. So who is Natalie? So this is Natalie here that wrote uh, the article. Uh, she's a reporter on race, class, and communities. want to make sure that we see um, who wrote this article, uh, uh, Sister Natalie here. And we're going to go through this article and just kind of see what she's talking about. And, you know, I kind of read through it a little bit already, but I want to respond to Sister Natalie in, you know, fashion that I normally respond to Sister Natalie. So Sister Natalie, first and foremost, before I even get started, I don't like the title of the article. I don't like the title because it's not just black Americans, black people in Chicago taking issues, you know, with this. And actually I just got back from Chicago. Um, I spent a week, me and my wife spent a weekend in Chicago. Definitely was great uh, to do so. You know, I've seen some things while I was just spending time with my wife in Chicago and I will, you know, uh, touch on um, for sure. But Natalie, the problem I have is why didn't you say black Hispanic and Asian Americans in this title. Now, the reason why I want to bring this up is there was a protest in Brighton park out there in Chicago. And you had the alderman by the name of uh, Julia Ramirez. The people start pressing her. Now, none, it was no black people in the, in this particular protest. The Chicago police had to protect this alderman. Actually, Natalie, if you didn't see this, let's roll that. Natalie, this is why I said that for you just to say black Americans is wrong. Now you are an educated woman. You, you know, you've been, you know, out here doing journalism for a, a while. So I personally don't believe that that was an oversight on your part. I believe that you want to target black Americans, shame us while you didn't say nothing to the Latino community or the Asian community who do not want anyone in their communities, either they don't want resources taken away from them because they pay taxes. Asians pay taxes, Hispanics pay taxes, white people pay taxes. Even you uh, pay taxes as well. But let's get into the article that you wrote, just targeting black people, even though we have a basis on, you know, why that's completely wrong. So she starts off in the article, said the added say we are a nation of immigrants rings hollow for many black Americans. What are you talking about? We don't say that as black Americans, we are not no nation of immigrants. We don't talk like that. That is a Democrat talking point. Okay. Not a black American talking point. Now she continues to say from those of us descended from enslaved people, the sentiment feels like erasure of our ancestors who forced to be labored on plantations. As the immigration is foundational to the U S yes. So was slavery. Uh, interesting. She's using the term foundational. That's very, very interesting. Um, sister Natalie, 
immigration, you know, the immigration that was so-called foundational was for Europeans. Europeans came in by the boatloads, getting free land, free money. What did black people get? Cincinnati, misery and torment. It wasn't no so-called immigration. It was a free for all for Europeans on the backs of black people. Now she continues to say, but that fact doesn't justify anti-immigrant behavior, which is rising as Chicago's migrant humanitarian crisis shows no signs of slowing down or reaching a permanent solution. No one is anti-immigrant. They're anti-using resources that belong to them. Nobody's saying a word about the immigrants. When I was in Chicago, I actually saw a couple of family of immigrants actually on the street with man, woman, children trying to sell things to get money. Nobody went over there and thrust them out, cursed them out. Nobody kicked them, punched them. They were just, if they wanted to buy something from them, they did, or they just left them alone. So no one is anti quote unquote immigrant. And being an immigrant means you followed the laws of the United States of America to come here. You applied, you went through the process. Now you're an immigrant here in America. This situation with the people that's coming over, they didn't go through the process. They're skipping all the people who's trying to go through the process and do it the right way and just coming in and doing what they want to do. And taxpayer money is being used to do so. Uh, Sister Natalie, how are you anti-immigrant when you're anti using your taxpayer money to fund something that you didn't vote for or want to pay for? That's not being anti-immigrant at all. Now she continues to say Republican Texas governor Greg Abbott is using red politics to tarnish a blue city. It is a American city period. What, what does a red and a blue mean at this point in reality, who cares? It's an American city with taxpayers in it. Now she continues to say he vows to keep relocating migrants on buses to democratic run cities. Soon to say the crisp fall air will transition to a brutal winter hawk for migrants who experienced their first snowfall in the windy city. He said the cost to Chicago could top 255.7 million by years in sidetracked mayor Brandon Johnson's agenda to focus on helping marginalized communities. That's the problem. Uh, uh, sister Natalie, why 255 million is going to that situation and not 255 million to marginalized communities. Right. And I don't like the term marginalized who you're talking about. Anybody can be marginalized. You need to use terms specific to who you're talking about. And that's something that we believe in here. Sister Natalie is that we, we talk about specifically who we are talking about or who we're not talking about. So taxpayers who are black, who are white, who are Asian, who are Hispanic, they don't want $255 million of their tax dollars going to people who didn't vote, who didn't pay a single tax, who didn't labor and toil in Chicago. They don't want that. That's not being anti-immigrant at all. Now she continues to say for some black residents on the South and West side, money and other government resources should not go to the newcomers. I agree with them. And say over the past years, some folks have flocked to community meetings. Yale send them back when the city proposes housing migrants in a shuttered school in Woodlawn or a hotel in Kenwood. Well, glad you brought that up. So my first night in Chicago Friday, I wanted my wife to try Gordiano's. So we went from our hotel um, and went to the Gordiano's on North Rusk uh, street. Y'all know what I said. Those of you from Chicago went to Gordiano's over there. 
We ate at Gordiano's. Me and my wife was having a good time talking. And say, hey, I want to get, you know, they got a, what's, what's sweet next somewhere around this area. So we looked on the phone, found a place right literally the next block over. So as you know, my wife didn't eat all that pizza, you know, even though she got a small, you know, the Gordiano's, you know, how big they stuff, or even a small, I had some pieces left. She had the majority of her list. Yeah, I had to eat it later at the hotel, took the pizza with us as we're walking, going down the street. We see a woman who's curled up like this, curled up, and it's like 54 degrees. And we we passed by and I saw her, I saw her there, and I just say, I say, babe, you see that, that young woman? And when she finally looked up, she was young, y'all. She she had to be my my daughter. I seen like my daughter literally in her. She had to be 21, 22. She was young. And when I saw her, I literally saw my daughter and I felt so bad for her. Right. And you know, we were kind of standing there. My wife was like, yeah, let's give her the pizza. Like if we want something later, we'll get it. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I went up to her. I said, I said, Hey, young sister, I said, you, you want some pizza? And say, is there meat on it? And she was young. I said, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't eat meat like that. And she was like, Oh yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I said, it's a good amount in there. And in that moment, you know, I do these podcasts all the time. I got so angry. I got angry at, 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 at the situation and angry with Mayor Johnson. You got this young black girl out here in these streets, but you're housing everybody else. And remember the other day I said that if y'all in the city of Chicago and you see anybody homeless, y'all should be raising hell at city, uh, city hall about why isn't our homeless off the street? Why is it that people are coming over to get in places? Now I have to be fair. There were some migrants out there on the street too, but that's a choice they made to come here. And they took that risk to come here. You understand? So they tried, they trying to get in where they fit in. But when it comes to the taxpayers of Chicago, the homeless population of Chicago, is supposed to be in the shuttered school in Woodlawn or a hotel in Kenwood. That little young sister that I saw that was by look, had to be 21, 22. She needs to be there. So we continued in, walked in the place, got some donuts. And my wife was like, yeah, we need to get her a hot chocolate. I say like a large one or something like this. So I had like the 20 ounce. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, let's get her one. So, you know, we went, got her a large hot chocolate. And we came right back out and we, we brought her a large hot chocolate. She was so happy about the hot chocolate. She was very, very happy about that. And I was just so upset, so upset with, with mayor Johnson and the Democrats. Cause like I said, it's not just him. And I said that before, don't make this about Brandon Johnson. Don't make it about Lori Lightfoot. This is a Democrat issue. And the people are, are upset about this, right? And, and part of the message should be our homeless need to be uh, uh, made sure not to be in 54 degree weather. And then the weather was dropping down to the forties in, in some of them days too, the evenings too, when we was there over the weekend. So that is it what got me very upset. Let's continue. She said neighbors feel that reversing the legacy of racist policies and disinvestment in black neighborhoods should be the immediate priority. I agree. 
He said, not tending to the flow of Venezuelans who left their politically unstable country and the heroin trek across continents for a better life here. He said, some black city council members even are calling for a repeal of the 1985 sanctuary city status issued by Harold Washington, the city's first black mayor. Yeah. The reason why they want to reverse that because they're saying we're not truly a sanctuary city. We don't have unlimited resources to take on people from their own countries. We have issues in the city of Chicago that we have to deal with here. We have our own homeless population. We have to deal with unemployment. We have to deal with the education of our children. We have to deal with our elderly. We have to make sure everything goes right in the city of Chicago. And we need those resources for the people of the city of Chicago. You can't take $255 million away from the taxpayer and say, here you go. If anybody should be paying 255 million, it's supposed to be the Biden administration giving Chicago $255 million, not taking it from the taxpayer. That's what people are upset about sister Natalie. But let's continue. She says, I've heard takes like immigration harms, black Chicago. It has, or the immigrants are getting more benefits than the rest of us. Uh, sister Natalie, have you heard that? They're paying up to $9,000 for some of them to be in homes or apartments to landlords and furnishing the places to stay. But yet black people in Chicago aren't getting that. I said that before black people should be marching up to city hall and say, Hey, I need my $9,000 check. I need that. So I can pay my rent too. I need it. So I can pay my mortgage, whatever. I need that. Since we giving out $9,000 checks, I need that. Where y'all getting the furniture from? I need some new furniture too. You give me a gift card or where were you getting it from? I, I need that. If you're going to give it to them, give it to everybody. Right? Now she said living in a closed school or perhaps a so-called winterized base camp only sounds like living in a lap of luxury. Nobody said it was a lack of luxury. Why are you trying to gaslight sister Natalie to people who have a legitimate issue or concern? That isn't, that isn't nice. Uh, sister Natalie. He said, nor does sleeping on cold floors at O'Hare airport or in tents outside of police stations. Sister Natalie, that's a choice they made by coming up here. You can't come here and it, well, I mean, what sister Natalie, what do you expect? They come up here to the United States. They're not put in jail at all. They can sleep on a police station floor. That was a lot better than that young black woman was sleeping. What I saw off of North Rusk uh, street, at least in the police station it's warm. That young sister, that was the age of my daughter. That little young sister was sleeping in the 54 degree weather. If she was sleeping at O'Hara airport, there was a whole lot better than sleeping on that street that night that I saw. And no matter how much she's wrapped up, it gets cold. You don't know what kind of animals can get at you. People, people are mean. There's all kinds of things that can happen. There's no protection for, for, for homeless people out there like that. Then I was walking back, going back to North uh, Michigan Avenue. You had this one dude that's out there. He was off the chain. He was talking like he was some straight up 1970s pimp, but he just kept repeating himself. What you looking at B? You say, uh, say something to me, B. I'll slap you in the mouth. You look at me. He just kept just saying it over and over and over. And everybody looking at him like, okay. So imagine that crazy fool going over there messing with that young girl sleeping. See, that's what I'm talking about. A lot of things happens to homeless people. These people came up here by choice. 
They passed up all those Latin American countries to come up here. Think about that. So many Latin American countries who are not in the situation of Venezuela. Panama is not a Venezuela situation. Costa Rica is not in, in that situation. Not at all. Just name two. Yet they could have came. Colombia is not even in that situation. They could have did something in Colombia, but they said, nah, I'm passing up all these Latin America. I'm just mentioning those countries. They passed up Mexico. They could have went to Mexico city. Mexico city is pretty prosperous. They didn't want to go to Mexico city. They want to come to the United States of America. So, so, so they have, you remember that old statement they used to say a long time ago, beggars can't be choosy, but yet they're choosy. She continues to say asking for solidarity with strangers is a heavy lift when inequities in housing and job access are ever present. Because I also understand that sometimes immigrants with the same skin color adopt anti-blackness once they settle into the U.S. Okay. So clearly, Sister Natalie, you have been listening to a lot of us. You have been listening to the delineation conversation. You have been listening to some who do have the same skin color from the diaspora. Some of them come in, not all, not all, not all, but some come in thinking they better than black Americans. Okay. Just want to make sure that, that I know you're listening to us. She said, but I cringe when I hear black folks spew anti-immigrant rhetoric. He said, we know what it's like to be otherized and accused of taking something away from another group and say a scarcity mindset pits Black and brown communities against each other. No one wins. Resources for everyone should be the clarion call. See, Sister Natalie, see, we are students of history. And because we're students of history, we have fought for everybody. Black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, Jewish people, anybody you could think of, Palestinian people, anybody you could think of, we have fought for them. And at the end of the day, when they get up in America, they get, I don't know, become sheriffs. We deal with Sheriff Villanueva having whole police gangs targeting us. But it wasn't meant for black people saying, Hey man, those people are marginalized just like us. And we, and you know what? Don't mess with those people like that. We need to stand against them. Hey, the government being racist toward them. That's, you know, it's wrong for what they're doing. Hey, they could be able to come over here too and, 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 and share some of his resources. We shouldn't be doing this to other, you know, uh, people who are minorities like us. Right. And what ended up happening sometime, the Asian community, we fought for them. A lot of them came over Vietnam war, Korean, uh, 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 you know, you have people, East Indian, all kinds of people come over. We see them come over. They put their businesses in our communities. We have supported them financially. We support them all kinds of ways. Have they ever as a collective, not individual as a collective reciprocated to the black community? No, no group has reciprocated to the black community. Sister Natalie. So now, because we understand that we're saying now is this, we're focusing on the black community and our needs, our wants, our tax dollars, other groups going to, have to deal with their own issues, how they deal with them. And you mentioned the Brown community. Um, they don't refer to themselves as Brown. So stop with the Brown, the Hispanic community don't even want the migrants in their community. The video we played earlier, there was mostly the Hispanic community and some Asians. They don't want them there. 
So it's not no pitting black or so-called brown against anything. The so-called brown don't want the brown even around them. It's just that simple, sister Natalie. Let's be truthful here. Now she continues to say generations of black Chicagoans do know what it's like to be a migrant within their own country. After World War I until 1970, millions of black Southerners fled from economic and racial violence and settled in northern cities like Chicago. We didn't, we're not migrants within our own country. What are you talking about? Leaving from Mississippi to go to Chicago, you're in your, your same country. Leaving New Orleans to go to Chicago, you're still in your same country. What are you talking about? We didn't leave America. We have fought and died in America. We have stood 10 toes down in America. And we choose to go to another part of America because they had a lot of jobs up north that we couldn't get down south. Or we say, hey, we got better treatment up here or whatever. Then we're in our own country, ma'am. The country that we built. We're not migrants in our own country. What are you talking about? Please. And no, she said that we fled from economic and racial violence. Black people was in the South and the majority of black people now is in the South. It was only so many people participating in the so-called great migration. The majority of black America is in the central and Eastern time zones period. Hell I've been in the South my whole life. Now she said they met resistance in the workplace and neighborhoods in the 1920s. They say the Klan was a powerful force here and across the nation they say their white supremacy was not only Anti-black or anti-Semitic. What this got to do with that? Seriously? Okay. She said anti-Catholic and anti-anything not deemed real American, meaning white and Protestant. She continues to say, but like America, Chicago has historically celebrated immigration and wrapped its arms around global refugees. And just like America, Chicago has over the decades also exhibited nativism and xenophobia toward Chinese and Mexican immigrants for example, meanwhile, Poles, Italians, and Lithuanians arrived in Chicago as others before adopting a white ethnic identity. What all that got to do with black people in 2023? Talking about their tax dollars, ma'am. We don't care about that. Beyond which, it's not, it has, that history has nothing to do with us. We don't care what happened to nobody. Now, they can care about it. They can talk about it. Awesome. But what they got to do with $255 million being taken away from the taxpayer? I, I don't know. You're not, you're not impressing me with that. And you're surely not impressing black Chicagoans with that or Hispanics or Asian ones who was upset about their tax dollars. Now she says Chicago's at an impasse without significant federal intervention, food viable solutions are on the horizon to ease the migrant crisis. You say it's a global issue in some ways tied to us foreign policy. Yes, it is because the United States put severe sanctions on Venezuela. And because they've done that, they have actually spurred the migrant crisis themselves. So she's right about that. The Biden administration, if they really want to get rid of the migrant crisis, take the sanctions off of Venezuela, take the sanctions off of Zimbabwe because people talk in South Africa, talk about all the Zimbabweans are coming over there to South Africa. The reason being is because the Western powers, United States, Britain, all of them have sanctions on Zimbabwe. You put sanctions on people that creates a, a crisis. Okay. Let's continue. He said, and will likely remain a top issue here during the duration of Johnson's administration. They say finding solutions will take a lot of courage, empathy, metal, and grace. He said, we must ask ourselves about common ground as we 
ruminate. It said on what our moral obligation is toward migrants who step off buses to sweet home, Chicago, uh, assistant Natalie is not about morality. This is about money and resources, period money. And, listen, sister Natalie, if you want to go out and, and you, and you see a migrant family on the street in Chicago or somewhere, and you want to give your paycheck, if you want to give 10%, 20% of your paycheck to a migrant family that you run across, do that, help them out of your paycheck. But when it comes to the taxpayer and they need resources in that city, then they have a right to say something, ma'am. It's not about morality. Your morality, you go help them if you want to do that. Now, she continues to say another adage comes to mind where poor Gwendolyn Brooks once wrote, we are each other's harvest. We are each other's business. We are each other's magnitude and bond. Uh, Sister Natalie, don't matter what Gwendolyn Brooks had to say. That doesn't apply to anybody talking about their resources in 2023. See, Sister Natalie, and I saw on X how people lighten you up, sister. Ooh, they were lighting you up. They, they didn't like this article and, and I don't like, I don't really like it either, but the days of y'all trying to browbeat black people tell us we're wrong for talking about our taxes, our resources. We're wrong for telling people, Hey, they need to go fix the issues in their country. That's that's now you want to have a history lesson. Let's go 250 some more years of chattel slavery. If anybody had a reason to, to leave in mass away from somewhere is black America after slavery. Reconstruction as reconstruction and the union's troops left, it became hell on earth again for black people, right? If anybody at that time period had a reason to leave in mass away from America it's black America, all the things we dealt with all the way up to civil rights movement. We, we stood, we stand, we fight the conditions that the Venezuelans are leaving for. They weren't leaving for the conditions that we were in. They wouldn't, they're not putting chattel slavery in Venezuela. They don't have people uh, taking the, the, the husbands of, of the women there and having them on trees and doing all the God knows what to their children and, and, and mass violations of their women by gangs of, 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 of white supremacists, all these different things that was happening to black people, the little bit they're leaving for has not, we have stayed in America when we had every right to leave in mass, we stood and fought. And people get in bad conditions and they don't stand and fight. They run. You are not going to guilt trip black America who stood and fought every step of the freaking way. Had no choice but to fight. Also, where could we go? We couldn't even go to the continent because even to this day, and I'll talk about that on the African diaspora because I love the continent, love it to death. You know what I do? I'm at peace when I'm there, but reality speaking, even the continent don't have not even handed us the keys to even come, come back yet. We still got to be like white people and go through the same process. White people go through like, so, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go in on that this week on African diaspora. So look for that because, because they watch my channel. So I want them to hear what I got to say, but we stood and fought and we're still fighting. Now we don't, we're not what we need to be. Not at all. If those, a lot of those migrants are dealing with, we deal with get our kids getting shot 17 times, uh, our, their kids did happen like with George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or all different things that happen to black people with the hands of the police constantly. Right. We should have fled. We should flee now what we're dealing with. We're literally watching people come in from a different country, get all the resources. And we, yet we're still suffering. 
we have a wealth gap. We can't get houses. We can't get this land. We can't get reparations like we needed it right today. And yet we're still standing and fighting as a group of people. Everybody look at us as the blueprint to fight. Why? Because we stood the test of time. We fought back. Even we have dealt with the greatest uh, 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 power on earth and we still standing and fighting right now. We're not as, as strong as we should be in my opinion, but the fight is still in us and they know that they know it takes one wrong move by them and it sparks us to get right back on code like we should. And we are getting on code politically a lot. And Cincinnati, so you writing that kind of article is no different than Boulay Martin and them talking the way they talk. We are over that, Sister Natalie. There's no shame with us no more. You can't shame us to do the work of everybody else. Why don't you talk about, Sister Natalie, what black people need in Chicago? Why don't you be telling Brandon Johnson about what's going on with black people in Chicago? Talk about that. You always want to use your pen and everything else in this media to try to advocate for everybody else not advocating for us. Where, where, where is the journalist in, in other communities advocating for us? Nowhere. They're not advocating for us, and I don't expect them to. And I don't want them to, because that's not their issue. But the reason why people lit you up on, on social media is, be is because you're wrong, sister. You're wrong. So get on the right side of history with your people. The, 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 Teaming up and being the Avengers for everybody else not going to work. We're going to be the Avengers for ourselves now. It's time. We've done enough. We've done the work. We've put in. And every time we put in and we look to look to those people to say, hey, what happened to our ally? They have given their butt collectively, their butt to kiss, and teamed up with the white supremacists against us. Even some, some, not all, even some in a diaspora have done the exact same thing. So now that we are centering ourselves as a community, now everybody got a problem with it. Everybody got a problem with it. No, uh-uh. We just got to fight. We got to fix our issues, our problems. Let everybody else fix theirs, period. Trying to force us to get involved in global conflicts that's even outside. Because like I said before, I'm only going to focus on us. And also what happens in the diaspora. That's my focus. That's what I talk about. I'm not focusing my attention on other things unless it involves something with us period. But Cincinnati, like I said, Hey, get on the right side of history, sister, because around you going more and more people going to be coming at your head about, about articles like this. You can't shame us no more. We're centering ourselves. We're worrying about our kids, our family, and what's happening to us. And we should have been done that long time ago. And that sanctuary city status stuff. Yes, it needs to go. It's just that simple.